This is the Holistic Heart Podcast, the place for all things therapy and mental health. We know navigating the human experience can be as challenging as it is beautiful. So we wanted to create a space where we can dive deep into self-exploration, normalize the struggle, and hold space for hard topics and conversations. We are so excited to have you join us on this journey. Welcome to the Holistic Heart Podcast. I'm Kristen and I'm here with Sammy. Hello. It's just us, you know, <laughs> same too. I feel like we've been trying. I feel like some of the team members have been like reaching out to us though. Like I want to get on the podcast, but it's, it can be really hard to coordinate schedules. To be totally it can. Honest. Yes. Like, I know you and I have this like standing appointment, but when we're like moving, like trying to catch it. It's like a moving target. Like, okay, when, when does that overlap with someone else's like cancellations and other things? So it's like adulthood. I feel like that is like one thing I I never knew was going to be a part of adulthood is like scheduling. I was talking to a friend recently about this, where it's like, we're scheduling getting coffee like two and a half months from now to make sure that we're both in town and we're both available. Yep. I saw like a meme or something maybe on Instagram that was like, like adulthood is like, I miss you so much. Let's make plans in like, in like March. (laughs) Yes. It's so true. It's also sad, sad state of affairs, but it is what it is. So I do think we'll have other people, but also like we have fun. I like, you know, do it. You and me. So we love doing this. Yeah. I actually really do. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just really fun. Also, like I th- I've mentioned to you all before, I'm a Gemini. I love to talk. So this feels like like the stuff, like making content for Instagram, like, you know, the visuals and stuff like that. Not as much, but just like turning on or like hitting a record button and talking. <laughs> Perfect for me. Great. Oh, yeah. I'm always looking forward when I see it on the calendar. I'm like, yes, we have a podcast recording today. <laughs> oh. So good. Yes. So today it is going to be February 13th when this one comes out, Hmm. 2023, if you happen to be listening to this way in the future. Um, And so we thought we'd do a little bit of a love-inspired topic for today, talking about self-love, maybe like what's hard about it sometimes if it is hard for you um and also you know when it's not and how it can look and all that stuff yes I was actually kind of thinking about this when we were talking just now about the scheduling thing and how how it's like yeah that's like you know hanging out with a friend or making plans with people and scheduling but how this actually can fall down to like self-care and self-love as well Mm -hmm. where it's like yeah when I have time to yeah so I feel like that's one one kind of um obstacle to the concept of self-love is prioritizing yeah and I think even the slight differentiation between self-love and self-care like self-care to me is an expression of self-love it's a series of behaviors that we can engage to treat ourselves like someone that we love and they can like those behaviors, those self-caring behaviors or choices or um, even words to ourselves 
they can also foster a self-love, right? Like they can foster a sense of esteem toward ourselves. But I think self-love is more of that esteem feeling, that mm-hmm. sense of like, I matter. I feel a sense of worthiness within myself mm-hmm. and I can connect with and recognize that. And then the care is maybe like how it's expressed. Yeah. Well, and I like how you said that, how it's expressed, but also how it's nurtured and facilitated at the same time. Mm -hmm. That feedback loop. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Both and again. What came first? (laughs) The self-care, the (laughs) self-love. Well, and that's true because I know I talk to clients and in my own life, I've like by engaging in more behaviors that treat me like someone that matters to me, even when they were really hard for me, like setting certain boundaries or disengaging from things that were maybe not in my best interest, even though I really wanted them to work or whatever, like Mm -hmm. those kinds of behaviors did like by treating myself like I mattered over and over and over again, I started to matter more. Mm -hmm. And so absolutely it can come from either direct, like it's, that feedback place of oh, like totally. yep. it can create and it can also receive. One, mm-hmm. well, we need that. That makes me think of, um, I know that this is typically kind of um, used when we're talking about interpersonal relationships with other people, but the concept of the five love languages, I've actually had people fill out, like you can go on to, I don't know, the five love languages.com. I don't know if that's exactly what it is, but you can go online and find the quiz. Totally. <laughs> and, um, And when you go through it, it's like, answer the questions, but read them through the lens of the relationship that you have with yourself. Mm. And I think it's like, it can be a really interesting process to, um, to kind of examine where maybe you're at in terms of your relationship to self-love and not only how, like you said, you're just holding that space within yourself, but also how you're, um, practicing it because it's like the practice of both, um, giving and receiving. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. within yourself. Yeah, I feel like it's so important to look at that like relationship with ourselves and make it really central, understand like you're saying, try to like whether it's through the five love languages or self-inquiry work or whatever it is that you're doing to try to understand how do I feel most loved and how can I offer that to myself? I really think that like our connection with ourselves is the greatest love story. Like that is like falling Mm -hmm. in love with you is like, that's the work of our lifetime, right? It's like, we have ourselves from birth to death and there's no one else that we're going to be with for that entire trajectory in the same Mm -hmm. way, right? Like, um, I'm sorry if you guys can hear Benson is chewing on the basketball (laughs) and he's really loud. So I'm sorry if I introduced that and you can't hear it, but if you're like, what is that banging weird noise? Um, it's Benson. He just wanted you to know he's here and he supports what we're saying about self-love. He thinks it's really important. Um, <laughs> but I do feel like that. I feel like it's this big romance story, right? Like we all, we think about romance and love and I think our culture has us looking to other, which of course that that's part of it. And it can be a really beautiful relationship and expression of love also, but it's not the primary one and it's not yeah. the only one. I also think love in friendships gets underrated. Like oh, absolutely. I mean, there's deep, like familial almost love in um a lot of friendship relationships. And so mm-hmm. romance is not the only way to access love relationships. But I mm-hmm. think 
you know, for the purposes of today, we're talking about how does that, how does that show up in your own relationship with yourself? Mm -hmm. Well, and I think why other relationships come up when we talk about this is because it can feel like it's, I'm not going to say easier, but maybe more accessible to like, when you're looking at how are you expressing this in your relationships or how are you receiving that to then look at, okay, what is that like when it comes to yourself? Because I'm sure I've said this here before. It's like your relationship with yourself is the most important relationship you'll ever have because it, because of exactly what you're saying, where I love the way you put that. It's like the greatest romance ever when you have that connection with yourself, but also it's the common denominator in literally everything that you do, anything that you relate with, whether that is relationship with other or, you know, other experiences, roles that you have in your life, you know, activities, things that you're doing, that relationship that you have with yourself is really important. And I think when you can look at and identify, oh yeah, when I have that rapport and that love in a relationship that feels really nurturing versus the relationships where you're you're lacking that, you can start to kind of identify within yourself where, oh, that pattern may be missing here within myself as well. And um, it obviously isn't a different experience when it's a relationship with yourself. But I think it, like examining those um, external relationships can help to kind of like inform what you're noticing when you're looking at and you're experiencing your relationship with yourself. You're so right that it is often feels easier to observe something that feels external in a way, mm-hmm. right? Like then to try to observe internal phenomena or recognize, acknowledge things that are happening that are like quote unquote invisible because they're sort of like in your inner world rather than the outer world of experience and sense experience. So I totally get that. I think that's very real. I also think that we're not taught Mm -hmm. to nurture our relationships with ourselves. I think we're taught to value our relationships with others and to treat, you know, other people well. And even to the point of like, sometimes I think unhealthy messaging around like self-sacrifice for others and others should matter more than you, which I don't agree with, but like the idea of like cultural influence being like relationships with other are at the forefront and not so much. I think, you know, lessons, modeling, messaging about how to understand or how to understand yourself or nurture your relationship with yourself. Um, This keeps coming into my mind. This is so silly. Um, But like, Miley said it, you can buy yourself flowers, right? Like that has been like all over my TikTok. Yes. <laughs> like, that's like you can do these things for yourself. And it's like, we think about like rekindling our relationship with ourselves after maybe like a big breakup or like, where we're like, yeah, fuck this. People suck. I'm about me. I'm going to love on me. But like, we don't have to wait for that. Right. Right in order to like rekindle with that or connect with that part of us. That's like, yeah, I want to treat myself really well. I want to be someone that matters to me. Yes. Well, and I think you, you started to speak to this where we can look at, and sometimes our conditioning, our conditioning can almost like teach us that, well, self-love is selfish. It's, it's self-centered. It's narcissistic. I can't do this. It's quote unquote bad. And so then that can create some real like cognitive dissonance when you're trying to love yourself or treat yourself, buy yourself the fucking flowers. But it's like selfish. You could have bought someone else these flowers. And that, that can really create a barrier, an obstacle to, um, expressing or, or, um, nurturing that self-loving relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. 
So maybe it makes sense at this juxtaposition in our conversation to talk about those obstacles. I think that you just brought up a really great example of that cultural messaging and how that shows up as an obstacle. And I think, you know, that's the place where that's sort of the pain point around self-love, right? Like we all get to some degree what it maybe could look like. Like we have like at least a broad sense of like, yeah, that sounds like it could be nice. Maybe Uh, I think we have varying degrees of like how much we could imagine it for ourselves. Like some people are very like, yeah, I do. I love myself. And other people are like, I have no context for what that would even remotely feel like. And then there's Mm -hmm. of course the spectrum in between. But I do think when we're looking at or reflecting on self-love in our and its presence or absence in our own experience, what comes up the most is like not how to do it, but why it's not there. And like I think of that of obstacles in particular because I think I do think self-love and feel free to like disagree with me um or or agree explicitly if you if you do. Um but I feel like self-love is is natural like it's like that would be our the state we come in with right like that there we're not coming in hating ourselves doubting ourselves questioning ourselves um I always say to my clients like uh like babies if you think about babies they like will wiggle their fingers or toes and think like they're like the coolest shit that ever yes. happened like it's like <laughs> I have fingers like this is wild and you're like I'm like <laughs> the most amazing ever and so like esteem is not something that we need to acquire I think it's something we come in with that's gradually chipped away at over the course of our life yes. experiences and so it's not so much that we need to gain esteem or gain self-love. It's more like we need to remove the obstacles to it. The things that have sort of like, I'm imagining like a flowing river and then like logs sort of damming it up. So it's like things that have started to like block the flow of that in our experience, if that makes sense. Oh, totally. I a hundred percent agree with you. Um, I was thinking about this earlier when you had mentioned like rekindling that, like that love within yourself or reconnecting with yourself in that way. Because I like, there was that inside that like inner critic maybe of me, but also talking with people a lot about this, there's the pushback of like, but I've never known what that felt like before. And so I think it can feel if you're, if you're resonating with that, it can feel like, how do I rekindle something that I don't remember ever feeling? And so it's like the both end of holding space for like, I love watching little kids at that stage when they're like, but what is this? This is so cool. <laughs> and it's like, oh, we've all had that experience. Like I had that. I have no freaking recollection. My hands are cool, but I've never thought of them as that cool, right? <laughs> but it's like, actually, that example is really cool. And I, I think it can be great because then it's like, wait, they actually are so fucking cool that we have these hands that help us like navigate through and like, wow, I love them. Uh-huh. But when you said that, I was like, I've never looked at my hands and been like, I love you. <laughs> I've been like, I'm so cool because like, look at what I can do. I can win. Right. Well, that's what I mean though. Yeah. But then it's like, it actually, this can like open up an opportunity where it feels like there's a barrier to be like, oh wow. Like, yeah, I love the fact that I do these. And, and like, I can do these things and I have these hands that help me navigate through life. And like, 
although we're probably not necessarily looking down at our hands, fascinated with how cool they are every day, we can learn and say, oh, I can reconnect with that energy. And obviously our, our consciousness and everything has evolved a lot from that point in time in our lives. But being able to look and, and really, um, if this is something that can be challenging, the concept of self-love and, and the concept of reconnecting or rekindling it, I think looking at it through this lens of look at that, look at something like you have with, deep within you you've had this experience and you can connect to it in different ways like that. Mm -hmm. And to your earlier point about like observation of relationships outside of you, sometimes being a helpful bridge to like, what can this look like or how do I identify it within myself? I think thinking about children in particular that mm -hmm. you love deeply or that you like, maybe they're adults now, or maybe they're teenagers now, but like that you have loved as children and what that was like and how you express that or the way that you would speak to a child that you love or that you have, or that you do can be a good reference model for how to connect with that energy, like treating yourself like someone you love. And I use children in particular because I think love flows a little bit more unconditionally with children. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, not that, not that this is a negative thing, but as people get older, we have different life experiences that make things a little grayer for yeah. adults, right? So the way we interact with the adults that we love and the way the things that those relationships might model for us might be a little bit more nuanced and, and a lot more complex. So the like pure wellspring of just like, how do I love on someone so deeply is like more easily, I think, often accessed when you're thinking about a child that really matters to you. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think the energy of um, like nurturing is there too. I yeah. And and that can be more easily accessible when you're talking about that connection with the child. And I, I think I like I totally agree than when you're interacting with adults. And I actually even um, sort of was referring to that when we talk about like, you don't necessarily think about that um, relationship or, or concept of how you experience your hands, but to be able to look at and see like the childlike wonder of also not having to figure things out and know why, and just be able to nurture like this fascination with something. And that just um, like, there's, like you said, the, the wellspring is more accessible in that. So if you can kind of look and, and shift the perspective to more of that energy, it can, it can be, helpful and maybe um, navigating some of those barriers and those obstacles that you're experiencing. And I think that's sort of where it overlaps with what we talked about a few episodes back with the inner child work, right? Is like, okay, so that inner child is still very much alive in me and connecting with that part of me is often a place where I can start to also connect with a sense of self-love, a sense of compassion for myself, which I think is really fundamental for having a sense of self-love because when we're blaming and shaming and guilting ourselves, it's very hard to access self-love. So those can be some obstacles of like messages that we've got about how we're bad or wrong or more things that we've internalized that give us those, that feeling about ourselves. And so moving to that inner child that's sort of pre those things um, yes. can help sort of ground us in that like self-compassion and self-love that 
helps us treat ourselves differently from there. Yeah. Well, and that can help to set the tone for that, like radical self-acceptance and radical self-compassion, which to me are two, like you said, really integral um, components of Mm self-love. If you kind of look at self-love as this umbrella, almost it's like self-compassion is so important there. And the openness of like, I, and to me, again, this is kind of helpful when you look at, um, like external relationships. Like I love my partner and there are things that he does that drive me crazy. And that maybe in that moment, it's like, okay, I don't particularly love this. Mm-hmm. And I love him. And so being able to recognize, like, I may not love that I'm, I do this or that I mess this mm-hmm. up or, you know, whatever the case may be, but there's this degree of like loving that energy and that connection. And to, that's like, um, I think kind of like an element of that compassion piece mm-hmm. and the radical acceptance piece yeah. right? is like yeah. knowing that love is capable of holding all of those things, you yeah. know, like that um, they're not, it's not mutually exclusive that I can, it, it's sort of that access to unconditional, right? right? Like I don't necessarily think that we should look for unconditional love in our adult relationships with other adults because mm-hmm it's okay to have conditions to be totally honest. Like it's important that people are, that relationships are reciprocal. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, there's that, there's something so healing and nurturing and wonderful about feeling like the recipient of unconditional love. And it's something that we absolutely can offer to ourselves. Yeah. And like, it's something that we can't, that degree of unconditional or that that element of unconditional love is not something that we can access from not that you can't access it elsewhere elsewhere excuse me but like it's different when it's coming from yourself for the reasons that we just talked about right like it's fair for people to have expectations of me in my relationships with them they should that creates a healthy dynamic so that it's not you know imbalanced or you know, just not reciprocal or mutual. So that's yeah. like important and fair. But when we come into a relationship with ourselves, it's like that radical acceptance that you were talking about. How do I hold the, again, the both end of like, maybe I am looking to grow in this area. Maybe I don't love where I'm at or how I handled this in particular, but it doesn't mean that I hold it against me as a person. And sort of that like yeah. distinction that often comes up between guilt and shame of like mm-hmm. guilt is like I did something wrong and like shame is I am wrong or I am bad. Yes. Um, and sort of, so I think that's like another piece that's coming to mind for me around obstacles to self-love is like uncoupling uh, sort of like internalized messages, right? Like, right. so when I say that, that's like a lot, that sounds very jargony and I'm sorry. Um, I'm thinking like, you know, often we have this voice inside that says not super loving things to us, right? Like, and that can be an obstacle to self-love. Like, well, you're like, you mentioned Sammy, like you, well, you're really selfish. Like saying that Mm -hmm. to yourself when you did something for you or Mm -hmm. set a boundary or something like that. Or, um, so like say, say we stay with that example of like, you're really selfish that, we often, because it's an internalized message at this point, we're saying it to ourselves. We can think that that's our voice. Like Mm -hmm. that's my voice saying to me that I'm selfish and I really feel this way about myself. Yes. 
actually, if we do it like that uncoupling I was talking about, actually, that's not my voice because I didn't come into this world thinking that it wasn't okay for me to take care of me. That's Mm -hmm. a message I got from someone else, somewhere else at some other time. And over time, it was repeated to me enough, either by somebody that mattered to me, by multiple people across my lifetime, or by sociocultural messaging, that I have taken that outer message and turned it into an inner message, right? Like that it. So that's that term internalized. I've taken something external to me and internalized it. And now I'm doing it to me, right? right? But in uncoupling, we say like, this isn't my voice, Whose voice might it be? It might be my mom's voice. It might be my partner's voice. It might be my best friend's voice from third grade. It might be this overall message that I've gotten from my culture. Things like that can come up around like gender norms and, you know, like, um, or if you grew up with a particular religious affinity, there might be messaging that came along with that or just the education system. So there's so many places where we get this messaging, then we take it in and we don't even realize that we all of that has happened. We mm-hmm. just hear the thought from ourselves and believe it. Yeah. Right. And it, that's that internalization of like, oh, well, this must be me then. So I, I can't love myself because of this. And it is my voice. And it, like a lot of times it is our voice that we're hearing. Yeah. It does. It is coming from that inner critic, which is a part of us. So that's where, like you're saying, the uncoupling of asking, well, where did this come from? Who, who is informing this voice, this yeah. part of me? What is informing this? Mm-hmm. And then now that I see it as something, and this feels like expressive arts to me, but I know that we're just talking about language, but um, not just, but it feels like what expressive arts allows us to do is like we take this and now it's not just internal. We've objectified it. We've taken it outside of ourselves so we can look at it. And now that we examine this outside of ourselves, so this message of I am selfish, if it didn't come from me, if it didn't start with me, then I can take it outside of myself and look at it and say, do I want this? Mm -hmm. Does this serve me? Is this how I really feel? It might be, but it Mm -hmm. probably isn't, right? Like, or if it is how you really feel, why? Yes. You know, where did that feeling come from? Was that feeling informed by you or was it informed by outside factors. And so now we have the ability to do like critical thinking and we're not operating on autopilot from like this unconscious place of just reactivity or a habitual repetition. Yes. To me, that's like what you just described is the process of like deepening, deepening your self-awareness. I think like when you're deepening that, when you're really doing this work, that is a really loving thing to do for yourself even to just open to um it, <laughs> you're allowed this made me think of the song like truly madly deeply mm-hmm. and it's truly it's like truly that this is what we're doing did I say that in the right truly madly I think it, that's that was like the right order um <laughs> the deeply thing was what was kind of sticking out to me and it's like you're deepening into the connection that you have with yourself by also creating the space for like hey I can hold space for all of these things and then I can not just hold space for them being there but create space deep in the space for like hey like and and like let's lean in and learn more about this so like you said it's like maybe I really do like I really do feel this way okay let's explore where that's coming from and why you may be feeling that way and and instead of having these like really um 
mm, like a, a mean response and then the shutdown, it's still like, let's open up and be like, okay, wow. And, and I may have feelings. Like I'm, I know I've certainly done this and been like, well, cool. I've like found more out. And now I'm like, I have more that I'm feeling frustrated with myself around. But what is happening is the deepening is you're creating more space and, and there's space for healing in that. I love what you're saying so much. Pun sort of intended. Um, and like the reason is also, I think, and this is, it feels like a good ending thought as I know we're coming close to our time too, but it feels like a culmination of what we're talking about is love doesn't, we're not talking about butterflies and rainbows and we're not talking about flowers and candy or like demonstrative things, although it can look that way. It's, we're not talking about love as romance, right? Like that, those are different things or, um, and what I love about the, again, about the conversation that we're having (laughs) today is love looks like honesty. Love looks like confrontation when it's necessary. Love looks like deepening and holding and allowing for multiple things to be present. And like you shared earlier, Sammy, love is radical self-acceptance. Love is being curious about yourself, right? Like, so all of these things that can feel hard or heavy or beautiful, light, good, great, they're all part of the experience of self-love, the practice of self-love, Yeah, how we come into a place of genuine esteem with ourselves where we truly know ourselves well enough to feel secure in who we are and in our worth and in the way that we walk in the world. And so I just really am glad that this, like, and I'm not surprised, uh, but like that this went in the direction of like, Hey, this is not like fluffy. And also like, not that I ever expected for you and I to be talking about it in that (laughs) way that it went. But um, I think sometimes love is portrayed that way as like fluffy and Cupid and rainbows and hearts. And it's like, sometimes it's crying and holding yourself while you cry and feel the feeling and being there for yourself, you know, and that's what it can look like too. Yes. It's like the nuance behind like, can buy yourself flowers like that. There's so much beyond that, which thank you so much. That song's super stuck in my head. I'm sorry, it's so in my head. Also, I would recommend it. I, if, yeah, it's great if anyone has ever like not done that, I used to uh, both when I've been in romantic relationships and when I've been single. I used to buy myself flowers for my kitchen table. I just currently don't have a kitchen table. That's a story for another time <laughs> of what's happening in my home. But um, I used to buy myself flowers every week, like once a week when I went to the grocery store. I would buy flowers like to put on my kitchen table because they make me happy like yes. they're pretty and so I highly recommend as a tangible practice if that's not something that you do already try it out see how it feels I think it's it's a very nourishing practice for me yes and I think specifically with self-love too because it's like you it's everything that we've talked about and it's also literally going and buying yourself flowers. And then to me, it's like this symbolic visual representation of seeing that when you come in at the end of the day of like, Oh, those flowers are like, mm-hmm. I did that for myself. And that kind of reminder, even if you're having a hard time with yourself, mm-hmm. it's like, and I did that too. So I can, I can hold the both and through this p- process. Yeah. It's that expression of love toward the self mm-hmm. too, right? Like, and yeah. if you don't like flowers, then don't do that. Cause it's not going to feel good. So it's about like <laughs> doing something that brings you uniquely you joy and, yes. and like 
I think that that's the essence of love also is like, um, I see you, I get you, I know you and you matter to me. And like, we can't do that with ourselves if we don't lean in and try to do this self-inquiry work. And like, I think being, feeling seen and known and understood is I think the way that we feel most deeply loved um, and cherished. And that is absolutely something we have the capacity to cultivate with ourselves. It absolutely is. Absolutely. <laughs> I was like about to say it. And then you said, I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> All right. We have to end there. That's just, yes. that's, we have clearly gotten to the point where we need to be done. <laughs> uh, we thank you for listening as always. And Sammy, thanks for another amazing combo. Thank you. I'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye.